Today's episode of Jimmy Podcast will may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up? Before we get started with today's program, I want to take a few seconds to talk about my website, social media accounts, and podcasting platform. The website, jimmypodcastworld.com. That is jimmypodcastworld.com. On the Jimmy Podcast World website, you will be able to find links to all my social media accounts and podcasting platforms. On the homepage, you will be able to find a direct feed to my Twitter account. You will find an interactive photo gallery with all my recent guests on the podcast. You will find a blog that is updated frequently. Are you also scrolling through social media right now and trying to figure out if I'm on that platform? Chances are you are on some form of social media. Check this out. You can find me at Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitch TV. That's right, baby. We're on Twitch. All those platforms at Jimmy Podcast World. At Jimmy Podcast World. Are you more of a visual episode person? YouTube has some of my full episodes, short clips, skits, and my newly released Jimmy Podcast World ad. For Twitter and Snapchat, you can find me at Jimmy Pod World. Want to listen to the podcast? The website has the links to all the major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Are you loyal to the Joe Rogan experience and making the move exclusively to Spotify just like he did? Well, now you have the best of both worlds because not only are we on all the other platforms mentioned, but we're also on Spotify. So looking for, to support the program, it is easy as liking and subscribing to all the podcasting platforms and all the social media platforms where you can find me. Are you still looking for more ways to support? Believe me, we appreciate it if you do. You can also share the podcast on all platforms and social media accounts as well. And for those of down since day oneers out there, you can show off by visiting the merchandise page, hats, shirts, stickers, and more. And one last way, are you already on Amazon? And if so, you should be using Amazon Prime. How does that support the Jimmy Podcast world? If you go to our website, at the top of the website, there is an Amazon banner. Click on that banner. And before you continue shopping on Amazon.com, make sure to save that link and bookmark it to your web browser. Every purchase you make through our link from our website that you save to your web browser has Amazon throw back a couple of pennies our way. Lastly, any feedback or ideas you think you could be a guest on the show, please email jpw at jimmypodcastworld.com. jpw at jimmypodcastworld.com. As always, thank you for your love and support and feedback. And now on with the show. Next, finally, we have him in studio. Today's guest is a great friend of mine. He is a brother of mine. He is someone that when I created this podcast and specifically the Coming to America series, uh, it is someone that I wanted to have on. And we finally were able to achieve that. Uh, we we had him come down and sit down here with me and, and talk and share his story uh, the last episode was coming to America, Sierra Leone with, um, our good friend, actually, Tommy. Uh, and that was great. And that was, uh, something that I, that I really learned a lot from. And, um, this next person is, uh, my great friend, my brother, Eddie, and we are talking about his journey from Mexico and, um, his life here in the United States, uh, through DACA. And um, it was definitely a very emotional and captivating story. Uh, I was uh, teary-eyed through through some of it. And then at the end, um, I, I pretty much broke down. Uh, I'm glad we hit rec- we stopped recording right after that uh, because, I, you know, God knows what would have happened on the podcast. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, episode two of the series, Coming to America, Mexico, DACA, 
please give it up for the great Eddie. Give me sports. Give me tacos. Give me the world. The Jim Podcast World. Ladies and gentlemen, in a highly, uh, for me at least, a highly anticipated episode of uh, Coming to America. This is episode two of that ongoing series. Uh, uh, we are focusing today on Mexico um, and uh, DACA as well. Um, and I have a good friend with me here today. Um, when I first started doing this podcast, uh, I have to admit that there was a couple people uh, that I wanted to have on uh, to talk about uh, specific things. And uh, you are one of them, sir. Uh, welcome, uh, everyone, uh, to the program, Eddie. What's up, Jimmy? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I know it's been uh, it's been on the works for quite some time with you know our schedules, but nice to uh, nice to be here finally, man. Thank for, you for sure, dude. Um, and we've been talking quite a bit before we got started. I think a lot of the good the good conversations uh, probably probably have sailed away by now, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, we'll do our best um, to to paint a picture of your story uh, and do our best, do my best to kind of um, uh, present this as best as possible. Um, this uh, I've done one of these already, uh, one before. Uh, it was with um, a, a guy we know, uh, Tommy, yeah. and um, um, I was really taken back by his story. Uh, I learned a lot. And that's, I think, why I want to do these. Um, I want to learn a lot. Uh, that's why I'm doing this podcast. Aside from all the other podcasts that I do, uh, this is near and dear to me because it allows us to uh, see and hear people's stories and um, we gain an understanding of where they're from. And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that we learn that we all have similar stories. They're not all different, right? We, no. we may look different. We may sound different. Uh, but a lot of us have similar stories and have similar paths. Um but um, yours um, is is one that I've, I have been looking forward to. Uh, I know we have we've, we've exchanged messages back and forth uh, after I did Tommy's. Um, I don't know if you reached out to me or or um, I don't know if you talked to me about about Tommy's interview. Uh, but I did. I remember telling you sometime after that, I'm like, dude, you know, I, I would like I would love to have you come on and tell your story. And if you would be willing to. Uh, it would be something that I would definitely appreciate. So, um, again, appreciate you being on here. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get started. Um, so this is Coming to America, um, Mexico. Uh, let's talk about Mexico. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about the motherland um, for you and me. Let's do it. Um, describe to me just growing up in Mexico. Um, for, I mean, from what Actually, I, yeah. w- sorry to cut you up. Uh, uh, where are you from? I'm from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Jalisco represent. Uh, all right. So from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, and you lived there for how long? Uh, I, so I was born there obviously, and I lived there until I was 13 years 13. old. Yeah. So you, <coughs> and, um, how old are you now? I'm 29. Yeah. 29. So you still have some memories, right, of, of, of growing up in Mexico as a yeah, kid? Yeah. And um, So take me to that. Take me through childhood um, uh, in Mexico. What was that like? 
Um, to be honest, I, I remember that. I remember living there being much more like simple times, you know. Uh, mm. um, I had two or I have two siblings uh, that I grew up with, but mainly my sister that's uh, older than me. Um, my mom, my dad, my little brother. Um, but I remember just being um, simple life. Uh, my dad was the only one that was working at the time, but um, in, in Mexico, we were kind of considered wealthy, not rich, but we were pretty well off. Um, my dad had a really good job over there. Um, he used to work in a some sort of like printing shop and he was like one of the managers or the boss of the shop can remember very well and so we were pretty well off over there we never really struggle uh too much we definitely <laughs> struggle if we, uh you know for some time but i remember most of my time or most of my life in mexico being good um obviously we had some um struggles like i do remember um not being able to um well, for one, we never owned a house in Mexico. So it was it was constant moving around places with renting houses and um, from place to place. Uh, I think that's one of the things I remember very clearly that it was like moving around so much that I never got to call a place home. It was just kind of like I move a lot. And I went to like six different schools when I was in elementary school, right? Uh, so we never really settled for one place. Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure why I have a feeling I, I, I always ask my parents that like how come we never bought a house um, and so I think because of, of that experience with them they've they've always told me save up save to buy a house save to have your own place save to like settle somewhere that you can call your own house you know um, but overall um, it was good um, I mean I, I from from the from the years that I remember when we struggled and it was hard, um, obviously like there's memories that like yeah, I start thinking about when uh, when we didn't have money for like Christmas and things like that. You know some some of the years uh, when we lived in Mexico, but I also don't think of those memories as bad. I I just mm. I just know that I was there with my family. I was uh, you know we. We had dinner during those holidays when when we struggled, and although sometimes or something we didn't have Christmas gifts every year, it felt felt good. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I recently had a guest on. Um, he's a young entrepreneur here in in, in Salinas. Um, uh, he has tortas al cien. Uh, uh, if they were there today, I was actually gonna bring some bring some for you to have. Uh, and one of the things we talked about was um, um, with Orlando. Uh, one of the things we talked about was um, kind of some of those tough times. You 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 almost appreciate, yeah. like in a way, right? Yeah. You almost appreciate those tough times because you look at tough times today, maybe, and while they may be tough, um, it, it's those tough times you've had before that yeah. kind of built you for that, that made yeah. you stronger, that have given you that grit. And then you know, you, you were saying you know you, there was still food on the table, there was still family unity, so. I think tough times are easier when you have that, when you yeah. have that family unity. Uh, you're able to look back on that and be like, dude, we, we made it out of that because we were we were one. We were one unit. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think back on some of those situations. I mean, I remember there was, I don't know if it was one or two years, we lived in uh, on my grandparents' ranch, but they had a house, huge house. But we, my dad ended up building some sort of, like, 
house, but that that place before we lived there was was used for the uh, for chickens. Chickens used to live there, <laughs> and my dad turned it into a place. But I mm. remember not being perfect. I remember like not really having a ceiling. It was made out of like some sort of like aluminum sheet things, and I remember <laughs> a storm that took some of them out one night, and it was you wow. know scary as hell. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think of the struggles that I have now and they don't really compare much to the struggles that we had as a, when I was a kid. Right. And obviously, like, there's I, there's still big struggles that, you know, mm-hmm. I had to encounter. But um, to think that I had my family at the time, to think that I had everyone, uh, it definitely made it easier, I guess, to just go through. Right. right. Um, h- how was... Um when I when I think of Guadalajara, when I think of Guadalajara, I think city. I yeah. think San Jose. I think yeah. uh, something like that. Uh, especially where my parents are from, uh, Copan de Michoacán, uh, Ayotitlan, Jalisco. Don't worry about it. No one else knows where Ayotitlan is. <laughs> um, but um, it's about now, uh, and I say now. It's funny because I say uh, now with a new uh, autopista that's out there. Like, but it's been it's been oh, yeah. built forever. Um, but. Uh, it's probably maybe two hours from Guadalajara. I don't know which direction, um, but uh, it's it's um, maybe maybe less now. But um, uh, I think of it like big city. Yeah. Uh, but what was Guadalajara like? It was definitely big city vibes. I mean, um, I actually talked about that with my sister when she used to live here in, in San Jose. It actually, remind us a lot of back home Guadalajara Mm -hmm. and we lived in different places like I mentioned earlier right but we mainly live in cities so Guadalajara we live there we spend a lot of time there we also live in other places like like the Paque which is considered like a I feel like now it's considered a bigger city too Mm -hmm. um and so it felt you know it was more urban obviously with the housing and things like that Mm -hmm. uh schools were much modern in a way they were they weren't super great but they were much modern and mm-hmm. you know the way the styles of teaching and things like that too um but it, it felt almost very much like here except i feel like childhood in mexico personally it's better like i feel like time goes by a little slower mm-hmm. um more kids play outside even yeah. in the city uh they're still like gathering places for kids that you see more of uh i don't see much over here when yeah. I, when my brother was little i didn't see much of that happening here um but over there even in, in the city there were still like gatherings and kids and um different things that you still that you still kind of see here but also just mm-hmm. the 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 scenery and things like that was very much like a uh very similar to here except mm-hmm. uh obviously over there see, there's still a lot of historical buildings and things like that that you still see around that gives you a sense of um i guess the past and history yeah. uh that it's very well accommodated with today's modern designs and shit you know yeah it's funny that you say that because like my dad always says my dad always says uh, oh, in mexico okay <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, am I really like, I, I always remember going, I didn't go, I haven't been to Mexico that much. Uh, it's probably got to be like maybe five, six times. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it's probably gonna be five six times and and in those five six times i think that every time i would go as a kid i had like like i wasn't used to that yeah you know i wasn't used to just the, the some of the stuff that was going on over there and i'm just kind of like grew up pretty much americanized right yeah. this is kind of uh, this is what i've known um and and like i would go and i'm like man this is weird like i just this is not how i celebrate christmas <laughs> oh yeah this is not how i celebrate whatever like this is you know and it's like uh, i remember uh as i got older i think one of the last times that i the last time that i went with my family was probably in 2000 2001 i think was one of the last times that i went to mexico with my family and um i was a little older so i was able to go out a little bit and um uh, in my mom's town specifically, uh, this was during uh, New Year's, and um, uh, my parents were like, "Sal pa fuera, sal pa fuera, ve con los niños, ve con los niños," and I would not go. Like I'm like, this is weird. Like I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> and then finally one night I went out. You know, they gave me a couple, uh, they gave me some pesos, and I go go out and go out and play. And uh, they had like a festival going. They have like this festival there where like every day they have like. Uh, uh, some totals there and they have uh, a bunch of food and yeah. a bunch of celebrations and like um so i went out one night and and dude it was so much fun i think my parents had to yank me away from that area they're like dude you gotta you gotta come yeah. back so uh my dad always says he goes like dude he goes i he goes um he goes it's nice being here man but he goes childhood was was way better go growing up over there um and it's funny you say that too because when i interviewed tommy for this uh he said the same thing yeah. And he said he also said he went one step further and said he you know he was actually contemplating possibly sending his children back home to to, to grow up there yeah. to 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 experience, to experience education that. there and experience that and and um I was taken back by that when he said that I was really taken back by that um so for you to say that uh, there's 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 some there's some truth to that uh as well um yeah I mean I, I will tell you that there was this a uh, big sense of independence over there when it comes to childhood mm -hmm. because like like you were saying, like there's you always see kids playing outside, and you literally spend a whole day outside. There's, mm -hmm. I mean, back in my day when I was a, a kid, video games were not really a thing for a lot of kids in Mexico. I think I think that has to do with obviously the, uh, you know, economic and and not being able to afford it. Um, that brought a lot of kids outside all the time. So me and my 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 sister, we were always outside, literally all day every day playing games with their neighbors mm -hmm. and it's always a huge group of kids playing around um the similar to how they had to jank you out mm -hmm. it, it was it was that was a norm over there like you would uh, at 7 8 p.m you would see everyone's moms coming out of the house and screaming your name looking for you um mm -hmm. so that you can go home and have dinner um but i also remember being so like fearless over there, I guess so that would be one one word to describe it. Because when I was, I, I was telling my mom, and like, I feel like I was maybe ten or eleven, that I used to go visit my dad at his work. Mm -hmm. He he used to uh, work downtown, and I had to take maybe like two, three different buses to get there, but I was going there by myself. Yeah, I would just take some money, and I I knew which buses to take that will take me to the last destination, and then walk over to his job. And I was telling my mom, like, I don't think my, my brother never grew up like that. Yeah. My brother could have not ever gone down on his own and take the bus somewhere in Mexico. Um, and over there, I feel like that was normal. Like a little ass kid just taking all these buses just to get to a destination. And uh, I don't I don't see that much here. 
No, I uh, two things that come to mind. One is I feel that when you look at a 10-year-old in, 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 in Mexico and you look at 10-year-old here, the 10-year-old in Mexico is much more grown. They're much yeah. more independent. They're much more sure of themselves and much more aware of their surroundings, yeah. um, have a little more grit to them. Just uh, having a, a child of my own, uh, she's all of 10 months, but thinking about her, at 10 years old, I don't think I, 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 I got, no, like don't, you know, like, yeah. like it's, 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 it's funny that you say that, uh, about, um, uh, taking that ride, uh, taking three different buses to see, to see your dad at, at 10 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like we, uh, I feel like kids here get a little too overprotected in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, obviously sometimes, you know, we, when we think, especially now you as a dad, as a new dad, yeah. I'm sure you think of everything all the possibilities of like but what if this happens what if this happens and so i mean i feel like if i ever become a dad i would feel the same way honestly like yeah. shit i mean i feel like that with my dog i'm like i'm not like i don't want to <laughs> i don't walk you too far because what if this happens you know so i can't imagine having an actual child yeah. and, uh so i don't honestly i don't know what it is i, I don't know what like i don't know specific i can't pinpoint exactly oh this is why we're there it's more like that i don't yeah. i don't know uh, and my, but also my mom, like when we grew up, my mom always, she raised us always saying like, you know, if we wanted to go somewhere, a party or whatever it was, she always gave us permission to me and mm-hmm. my sister. Like she always let us go wherever we wanted. And I remember some of the things that she would say, she would be like, Hey, she would say in Spanish, obviously, but she'll be like, Hey, like I trust, I trust you guys. I trust that you guys will make the right decisions. I trust that you guys are going to, you know be you know good kids when you guys are out there so that's up to you you yeah. you can go so, yeah. but but i trust that you're gonna do the right thing and so i feel like growing up like that kind of, i always kind of like oh shit like cool i can go but now i have to behave yeah um but i feel like it gave me maybe a little bit more freedom when it came down to those things i don't know yeah no my mom would always say like um, tú lo que haces allá afuera. Tú, tú solo te mientes. A mí no me mientes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess I, I guess I have to behave a little bit. Uh, what was the educational system like in Mexico? Um, I don't remember much from elementary, to be honest, because I feel like I moved around so much. Like I said, that mm-hmm. I honestly, I feel like I went to like five different schools in elementary school. So wow. I can't really pinpoint to one thing. Yeah. Uh, from 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 the fragments that i remember they they feel normal mm-hmm. like you feel like but it would also depend on the schools i mean i went to school in like a very like small town that i just felt like mm-hmm. nobody was doing anything the teacher wasn't really around i do remember one school in specific that uh had that one teacher i forgot his name but i, I remember not doing much standing around and i remember my teacher actually going outside to take a smoke every so often <laughs> and i remember my mom would be pissed she'll be like what the fuck like why is the teacher just standing outside just smoking and you know as a, as a child i was just kind of like i don't know i isn't that normal like i think he's just doing his thing you know um but i remember more when i was older uh when i was in the uh in secundaria i guess it's like um uh, middle school mm-hmm. yeah right before high school mm-hmm. um the secundaria that i went to over there it was it wasn't the greatest because it was like a newer school but mm-hmm. it it was still developing like there was they had some like janky buildings <laughs> that look 
very unstable, I guess. Um, but I actually remember enjoying school a lot over there, mm. like in that specific period of time, because that was the longest that I stayed in school. I, mm. I don't think I ever finished one school year when I was in elementary until I wow. got to middle school. And so being in one single school um, for two years, because it's three years over there for that section, uh, it felt it felt good. I was all cool. Like I know my friends. I know all the teachers. Uh, I was actually a pretty good student. I I was I was in honor roll pretty much every semester or so. Whatever I can't remember the the specific timelines. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I I was I was involved in in other activities too in school. Um, with like school leadership and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so that I remember pretty well, and I remember enjoying it too. What were your thoughts about um, what were your thoughts about the United States um, during that time before coming here? Uh, what did you hear? What were yeah. your thoughts? Just all, all of that. Yeah, I mean, we had a family here mm -hmm. for years. Um, my dad actually lived here before he married my mom. Um, yeah, years. I can't remember how long ago, but he lived here years ago when he was single, and. Um, all his siblings, he actually helped a lot of his siblings come over here, and he actually helped a lot of them uh, fix up, you know, their papers and stuff like that. Um, so we had family here my whole life when I was in Mexico. Uh, and I remember they used to go visit us, you know, every every year or so. And I, I feel like we thought of the United States of like, as, like, this, like, magical, like, place like oh, everything's possible you can get yeah. everything there um i mean i remember they used to like bring us gifts and we used to be so like amazed by everything like the little backpacks and the little shoes from like shoe palace that they used to bring us uh <laughs> not shoe palace uh, the shoe uh payless yeah yeah um uh so we thought of the united states of like this like place that we're like wow like they have everything in there and like of course like we start fantasizing about things like disneyland and things like that right <laughs> um and and as a child like you want to be able to experience all those things mm. so we we yeah we thought very much possibly of of this place like yeah. we just thought of like it's like the place to be i guess yeah no it's uh it's funny you say that because when i would go when i would go to mexico with my with my family it, it was very much like that it's like oh yeah. fuck here's a kid from the states <laughs> like it's like look at that it's like what these these shoes yeah I fucking hate these shoes <laughs> like, like like i had to get them from payless yeah. like it's like my mom wouldn't buy me those nikes and they're just over there like fuck you ungrateful yeah. like um yeah so it's it's funny it's funny you say that um um we'd always the other thing that i noticed and i always talk talk to my dad about this um uh, I did you ever view anyone visiting you kind of different like um did you view them maybe like for me it was always like oh you know being being light complected so it would be kind of like oh un, un huero un huero es 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 um a pocho and yeah. and all these other things so I felt like every time I had a I had a I went over there um it, it's kind of like that old Selena movie <laughs> where I had to prove I was Mexican. Like, you cross that border, and you're like, you're, you're Mexican. Like, well, I don't know what you mean. You're pretty light-skinned. That's probably why it was happening. 
Hey, you saw my mom. Uh, where my mom's from, everyone's like that. I think it was more where my dad was from, where like you kind of see people uh, darker complexion, and you're just kind of like, oh, believe me, I'm Mexican. Like you know, like they'd be like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, and I, I felt that a lot. I felt like I had to prove myself a lot. Um, but uh, any views of, of of them going over there? Kind of like, or did you view them as Mexican, or did you view them as like, here's an American coming over? Honestly, I don't. I don't think that ever crossed my mind. No, okay. I don't think that ever. Like, I, I, I feel like maybe I thought of them as like, oh, they live in 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 the United States. Like mm. it's my family, like my cousins that live in the United States. Like, yeah. um, like when when people would ask me, I'll be like, yeah, I have family. I have cousins that live in, in the United States. But I, 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 don't know. I never, I never thought of them as like, oh, like the gringos. I'm like my cousins that are gringos or like anything yeah. like that. Like, yeah. in, I. I don't really ever remember thinking of them mm. differently. I think, uh, I think for me as a kid, it just meant like, oh, this is exciting. Like I get to like see my cousins that live on the other side of the yeah. border, you know, and like they're gonna bring me gifts and all this like <laughs> new shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever recall a time that I was like, oh, like, oh, my gringos, my my primos that are gringos are, are coming over, like. If anything, some of them were even darker than me, so it didn't didn't feel like <laughs> honestly it didn't feel different. Like yeah. I was like, "Cool, like you're here now. Let's go, go play some games." I feel yeah, like yeah. if anything, like I remember me and my sister, like we would enjoy showing them things or like taking my cousins outside to play with their friends uh, and things like that. So I, I don't know. I don't think I ever. Yeah, I remember uh, one one Christmas. Uh, there was a kid. I was bouncing a basketball. I was really into basketball, uh, playing basketball too. And um, a kid in the corner of where my dad lives, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, he saw me with the basketball, and he was just really intrigued. And he's like, "Hey, like, let's play basketball." And he yeah. would play, and I'm like, "Dude, that's not how you play basketball." Like, <laughs> so I was, I remember like days I would show him how to play. And when we left, I went to his porch and just left the basketball there. So oh, nice. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what ended yeah. up happening with that. I, if there is a Mexican kid that's a rising star or something <laughs> like that, like it was probably me. Uh, no, but um, I, I remember that. I remember. Um, I, I know that story came to mind. Just kind of like. Uh, when I went, I'm like, well, fuck, like I, I have like three of these at home and I actually bought that one. Uh, there's a, the town is called the, the semi city town. It's called Sacapo. And, um, we went there and I saw a basketball. I'm like, fuck, I, I, I could, I could yeah. use about a dribble with. And I'm like, and when I was leaving, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't need this. Like <laughs> if, if he's, if he takes off with it, that's cool. Like yeah. here, like, so like, uh, I remember leaving that, leaving that behind. Cause he was like, oh, like you got a basketball. I'm like, yeah, dude, just got it today. Like, uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't even remember basketball being a thing mm-hmm. back like back home. Like, I don't, yeah, it's, no. yeah. It's, it's, the thing is weird to think about all those little things because you're like, well, like we do that here. I mean, now that I, that I've been living here now, now most of my life, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's a thing, you know. But like, even like video games, like they would like they would bring us their old video games, their old consoles, and like yeah. Mister will be hell excited, It'd be like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> um, but even yeah, like I don't know, it's weird to think of those things. Before coming to the U.S., um, had you been here before? Had you visited or anything like that? No, no. You I, mentioned I, your I always dad asked was, my dad. Like yeah. I would always ask him, "Oh, you know, we should go visit because we knew we had family." Yeah, mm. but no, we never did. No, um, and the idea of coming to the, the U.S. Do you remember when that idea came about? Do you remember the conversations and how that started? 
Uh, I do. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't know have all the details, but I remember, I remember originally it was happening because my my grandparents were very sick. Mm-hmm. So by the time, um, so no, I, I I explained earlier how I already had family here mm-hmm. for a long time, and so around the time that we were thinking of coming here, originally the idea was only my dad was going to come over here because. Essentially, my dad's family is the uh, side of the family. We're already living here. So his family is the one that moved here first. My mom only had her brother, but that's it. Like, so it wasn't really even in our minds. Um, and so when my grandparents got older, um, they actually ended up moving them here to mm. the United States because there was no one that can watch them and stuff like that. So it was easier for them to just bring them here and have someone watch them here. But then my grandparents, both of them got very sick. And so they were pretty much on their last leg at that point. Uh, um, my dad was the only one living here out of all his siblings. So the idea became, the idea really came from that initially. And it was for him to go visit. Like mm. To go visit, see his parents for one last time, um, say goodbyes, and that was it. Um, I don't know exactly then how the idea came about of moving over there. But I just remember at one point, everything just, like, flipped. And it was like, so, we're going to go try to live over there. Um, and I, I remember everything was just kind of a blur because my dad is the one that came here first. Mm. Um, he came here, stayed here for, for, for a few months. And then we went there afterwards. Mm. So, he was here already by the time we arrived. Um, but I remember everything feeling so ambiguous. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we, at, at some point we knew that we were moving here. We we're going to live here, but we, we didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what's happened with our stuff. We didn't know what's happened once we moved over here. I don't think that we had a, like a, like a real expectation of how things were going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember we had to start selling all of our shit. We had to start, like, packing a whole bunch of stuff um, and getting picked up late at night one time. And the next day we were here. Mm-hmm. And so um, that I feel like that part of that timeline was so weird. It was so, like, yeah. even thinking back about it, like, once I'm trying to think about the details, it's, it was so weird because... Uh, uh, you know, the idea rooted from my grandparents being sick, but I feel like my dad saw that opportunity as like, well, what if we just move here so that they can have better life, so they can go to school, so they can do more things. Um, and I feel like we were just like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I feel like for me and my sister was like, yeah, like, that's, that's, I, especially for me, my sister was already more of an age that so she was more like, had, she had more friends. I was more, you know, reserved. Yeah. I've, I've always been more reserved. So to me, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm not really leaving much things behind, you know, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, for, I feel like they, I feel like my dad saw the opportunity to be like, let's just move. Let's just move so that you guys can go to school. So you guys can, you know, I guess thrive better. Um, I, I think that he, he strongly believed that we were going to have better opportunities coming here. Um, and, and he saw that as an opening to, to do so. Where, um, 
in your time here since then, um, any part of you kind of tries to play out in your mind how life would have continued in Mexico had you stayed? Um, it's kind of weird to think of that because because I don't know what would have happened. Like, mm. like I said, when my dad came here first, like at that point, we knew we were coming here too. Like mm. there was no doubt in our minds that that was going to happen. Um, but I, I, I felt that it was stayed. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard for me to answer that mm. because like I mentioned earlier, like we had a pretty okay life. We weren't like, we weren't like rich or anything, but you know, we were to afford living pretty much in any house that we wanted or, um, we were one of the few families that had a computer at the time. Mm. We were one of the few families that had a, you know, uh, a big TV, I guess. Like, we had things that made us feel comfortable living back home. Um, and so I, I feel that uh, if, if I want to answer that question now, I feel like if we stayed, if, if we still would have been comfortable. We still would have been in a good, in a good place um, because I also feel that the job aspect for my dad was more secure. Mm-hmm. Here it was a gamble for him to try to get something that that was gonna be stable, that was gonna be um, um, good to be able to afford a whole family. While over there we had that already, and so I feel like as, as me and my sister were growing up, we probably would have stayed in school all the way. We probably would have helped with, you know, uh, getting or um, looking to getting careers over there. But I don't know. The reason why I asked that is, is um, I asked that, I talk to my dad about that often. Yeah. I ask him that question, and I ask him the following question, uh, or uh, the conversation goes something like, "In Mexico, you estaba estudiando, estaba bien, este, todo estaba bien, iba, iba a seguir, estaban secundaria, I don't know, yeah. high school or, or, or what's high school over there? High school over there is like the preparatoria, something like that. Yeah. He's like, oh, I was gonna you know continue pursuing that." Uh, he wanted to go to school and wanted to continue school. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you know, promises of the states and coming over here. And like now over here, like, you know, didn't pursue an education, you know, got into janitorial work and, 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 and really kind of struggled to make a life. And now, um, not that it's all that, but uh, I think my parents, you know, have have at least, I think, in some ways uh, uh, achieved something, you know. Yeah. And, but I always ask him the following. Why the fuck did you come here then? And, and and I I, I, I asked that of my dad with the yeah. utmost respect. Yeah. <laughs> like if you had all this but over it, there especially it, they're mentioning that everything's great over there, right? Yeah, yeah. like dude, I'm like, dude, I'm hearing everything's cherry. <laughs> Why are you here? Yeah. Like like I'm I'm thankful I'm here and I'm thankful <laughs> I was born here. Um and and even with this country and it's all its imperfections and especially those brought to light recently, like I'm so thankful I'm here, and I'm staying. I'm so thankful yeah. that I was born here. But like, there was all. If, if there's, if it sounded great, I'm always like, what? You know, I'm. I'm always. I I asked um, like, what brought you guys here? Because I'm always drawn to that. I, yeah. I I don't have that in my life. I don't understand that. Yeah. The 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 closest thing I have to that are my parents. 
my mom's story, which I mentioned to you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we interview soon. Hopefully that comes out soon. But I, I, I listen to them talk and I'm like, I don't know if I could have gone through that. <laughs> oh, okay. and, and, and it's like for me, it's like for for me to be I don't understand that. So I so all I can ever think is like, damn, especially my mom's story. I'm like, I don't think I could have done that. She yeah. came over when she was 14. And I'm like, at 14, I would not have, done, I wouldn't have done that now <laughs> at 35, and let alone at, at at 14. Exactly, yeah. And I'm just like, why, why did you leave? And it's it's another thing that that stood out from what you said was it was very ambiguous coming here. It was kind of just kind of all of a sudden just boom, you know, yeah. we're, we're going and go go go. Yeah. Um, mom story, same way. Uh, somewhere along the lines, my my abuelita was like, the listen to this, the first the first bus. It's either going to LDF or it's going to the States or to Tijuana. You you decided you're coming along with me. Yeah. Oh, shit. That yeah. was it. Yeah. That's why I'm here. A roll of the dice. Whichever bus we, when we get to, um, uh, they're from Ayotitlan. So this was a uh, uh, Tecolotlan where they went to. Whichever bus we get, the one that's leaving the, the, the earliest, the soonest. Yeah. That's the bus we take. Damn. That was it. See, they went <laughs> they went off of that. Yeah. Like I'm like Jesus Christ, there's no planning. Like uh we've talked about it too about moving other places and stuff like that before we started recording. We, we were talking about like oh possibly yeah. moving here, moving there, making some moves, uh, uh enjoying uh exploring other parts and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, and and what I guess we didn't talk about was like I know on your end and I know on my end, you know, with wife and kid like on my end there's some planning there. There's like, oh wait, hold on. When are we moving there? What's going on? Like, how's my daughter situated? How is this going on? Yeah. And then, but you stop and you think and you hear your, I hear your story and I hear my parents' story and I'm just like, dude, a lot of that happened. Just. Yeah, do you imagine taking the risk right now? Be like, hey, there's a bus. It can either go to Texas or it can go to Canada. Canada. And and and, and, and that's it. Like, yeah. and it's just like. Uh, my like for me to tell that to my wife or my daughter at a certain age, I expect like what the fuck? That's yeah. the plan, and it's just like it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, it's uh, and and I mean to be honest, like I I don't know exactly what was going on through my my mom's and my dad's conversation. Like that, I can't tell you because, you know, I was thirteen years old. I don't, I don't think my mom really wanted to discuss those things with me because right. I feel like that was out of my business, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it is that like that like that they were going through as as as, as these decisions were happening uh, but i think for i i think for when i talked to my mom when i was older and my my dad um the decision came from the better education mm-hmm. like and 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 i think um and the better opportunities and whatever that might mean again right it's open yeah. to interpretation because some people might see different things as an opportunity or whatever uh because what do you know, shit? Like, I, I guess we just had to trust what my dad was saying because yeah. he lived here before, so um, he saw some things, I guess, in the past. Um, and so, as as me and my sister, as kids, we just were we had no choice or no word or anything than just to be like, "Oh, cool, we're going to live in America now," you know. Um, and so, I, I like I think of like when when you ask your dad, "Well, what did you come over here?" I feel like there's like this, like. I don't know. Like, it's weird to explain, but it's like this, like, expectation that everything here will just be better. Yeah. Whatever that might mean. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, whatever it is, it's going to be better. It's going to be better than what you currently have. Yeah. And so, uh, that's the reason why a lot of people end up coming over here. 
I think for my parents and my dad, I think the one thing that he saw was um, it was okay for him. He just didn't want anyone else after him to go through that. And I think that's kind of where... Where he where he hasn't really said that, but I feel that I yeah. feel like it's like, dude, it, it was it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't something that I wanted for my kids. Yeah. Um, how? Uh, two questions. How old? Or uh, first one. How old were you when you when you uh, when you came over? Thirteen. You were thirteen. Um, and um, yeah. You you've mentioned um. Um, you were thirteen. I remember that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, you mentioned brothers and sisters and mom. Mm-hmm. So you guys were all over here at some point. What do you mean? Like, what, what did you you came over with your with your mom and oh, yeah. brothers and sisters? So yeah, it was it was uh, the whole family was together at some point. How long? How long? Because uh, they're not here, right? They're they're back. Uh, Correct. Uh, they're they're back in in, in Guadalajara. Um. Why? Uh, I guess. Why, uh, why did they go back? Uh, why did you stay? Um, there's a lot of factors that, that happen uh, when that decision had to be taken. But yeah, initially when we came over here, uh, just to give you a little background, mm. I mentioned earlier my dad came here because of my my grandparents, and he came here that year in 2003 in September. Um, and we left three months later, so we came here that same year in December. So I think I had just turned. I had just turned thirteen, literally. Like, yeah, I think I was here the seventeenth of December, and my birthday's before that. Um, so obviously there was some time, you know, in between that we didn't have my dad, and I feel like that in between time we were just like, what the fuck's gonna happen? Like, we uh, we didn't even know if it was for sure that we were coming over here then. We kind of just knew, um, but. Anyway, uh, and then uh, years later, once we were living here, um, the decision had to do with a lot of things. My sister got pregnant uh, uh, here, um, but her boyfriend, they're still together, uh, lived in Mexico. But he was just here working. Um, But to be honest, I feel like nobody in my family except for maybe me. Obviously, my dad and my little brother at the time were probably the only ones that were used to live here. Like, we, we got used to it. My brother was little, obviously, so he grew up here while he yeah. was here, right? So, this is all he knew. So, of course, he felt comfortable. He liked it here. But he was also little. Um, I was already in high school. I already had, like, friends. I pretty much had, you know, got, you know, um, acclimated to just living here. Um and so when 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 my sister chose made made the decision to go back to Mexico, so because she felt like she wanted to live there, she thought that it would be easier um, to have some some things over there as far as like you know money and things like that to be able to support our kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom then chose to follow her because at the time my grandma, who's obviously her mom, was old and she was having some health issues and things like that, so. My mom's idea was uh, I'm going to go back home and take care of my mom. Like, that's it, you know? Um, Obviously, things didn't work out the way they were supposed to. Some things, you know, fell through. Um, But I will tell you that my mom wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. Like, the the idea after that was like, cool, your dad stays here. 
he works, he sends money, he help us over there, you know, whatever. But my mom was like, you're not coming? And I was like, no. Like, my, my life is here now. Like, yeah. you know, and um, I feel like um, I talked about it with my dad years ago uh, when they had already left. Because I remember at a time, um, you know, I, I, I told you how some things fell through. And I feel upset because I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, you guys went to do these things. And these things are not working now. Mm-hmm. And now you're not here. And now I can't see you guys, all right? So I remember, like, that day, like, I was, I don't know why I was so upset about it. And I talked to my dad, and I was, like, crying. And I was like, this is just bullshit. Like, things didn't work out, and now we can't even see each other. Like, now I don't have my mom here, my brother, my sister. Um, But, you know, it, obviously, like, it's hard, like, not having them around. But yeah. uh, I, I feel like my sister likes it over there. She, she like I said, she was never acclimated to things here um so she she's enjoying it over there she's not she's not having a hard time or anything um and so is my mom but my mom's obviously having much more of a hard time because me living here since you know by myself pretty much um and not having my dad around and obviously with my dad passing away not too long ago um but yeah i guess i don't know i I don't know the answer to the question. No, yeah, no, it um, <laughs> uh, it definitely did. It was uh, touching. Um, for you, uh, so okay, so you're here. Uh, they're going back. Um, how does? And this is why part of the reason why I have you on. Um, I didn't want to research, and a lot of times people go like, "Oh, you got to research when you have yeah. a guest on and stuff like that." And uh, no, I don't. I don't need to. Yeah. Um, because if I do the research, I'll just be like, hey, guys, I read this online and this is how that works. This is the facts. Yeah. These are the facts. And this yeah. is how this works. And the, there they go. Thank you for tuning in today. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, I will talk about other shit that I didn't live through. Yeah. And I will tell you guys about it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't want to do that. Um, I I wanted to have you on because there's there's a lot about DACA. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um. um I didn't live through that, so I, I don't have those personal experiences. Um, so you're here. How 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 did you apply for DACA? How does that work? Um, how does that process just play out? Yeah, it was it's it's interesting because um, I remember at the time I think it was two thousand it was two thousand twelve um, when there were there were talks of like passing you know a, you know a law for for undocumented students and things like that and everyone just kind of had like their fingers crossed and it was like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen um and nothing happened everything fell through and so it was at a, it was around a time when everybody was just kind of like giving up like, we're just gonna like well fuck nothing's gonna happen like mm-hmm. we continue to do the same thing you know um and then obama came out and he signed an executive order and he's like hey if you're a student, if you meet these requirements, then we'll give you the chance to be here and be able to work legally, be able to um, have protection from being deported and things like that. And I just remember that time happening so quickly. Like, it was, oh, shit, this is happening. And I have to make sure that I have all my shit in order. You know, and I remember just like the next day reading about everything so fast and being like, okay, what do I need? Do I need to go to someone? Like, do I, do, what kind of documents am I going to need? Um, and I remember at the time my dad was like, oh, like, listen to this lady on the radio. You need to go. She, she's going to help you and she can, you can go with her. She'll help you do all the things. 
And yeah, I, I went to uh, an attorney and I remember just a lot of people applying and, and having long wait times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember having to gather so many things. And uh, one of the bigger things at the time is that you had to prove that you were already living here the day that executive order passed. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have too much. Too, I, I didn't worry too much about that because I was like, well, I have, you know, I have, I have proof. I have my bank account. I have like pay stubs for my job at the time when when I was working um, but I remember specifically posting on Facebook I uh, posted a status on Facebook and I just posted in all caps I am here um, because people were saying oh you should like post like something that way there's, oh, there's, wow. a, there's a time stamp okay. uh, that shows your location and it has a time and date um, because you're going to need some kind of proof that you were here this day when this was announced uh, and my first, my first reaction was like, well, fuck, let me post something on Facebook. And, and that's literally what I do did. Do you have that? Do you, have you seen that post? Do you, uh, have you gone back and seen that post? You should take a screenshot of that post, yeah, man. It, it definitely should, has come up in my memories. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I can, I think it was in June. Wow. Yeah. I'll, next time I, I come around that, I'll probably, I'll take a screenshot uh, of it. Because uh, I still see it when he popped on my memories last time. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember this time. Remember yeah, because you're like, I post I am here. And I'm like, okay, so yeah. what? Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I oh. remember that night, that exact, same, that exact same night that I posted that. I actually ran to the bank. I, uh, I, I had a bank nearby my house. And uh, I did a transaction. I took like $20 out or something. And I saved that receipt. I saved it because I was like, I might need this in the future. I don't know for what. But I might need this for this thing happening right now. Um, and, uh, to be quite honest, I don't know what happened to that receipt now, but I just remember like being so diligent about all the things that I was doing just so that I have everything that I can present. So I can be like, here you go. Take me, take me. Yeah. Hashtag I'm here. Exactly. (laughs) Hashtag I am here. Jesus Christ, dude, that is, I, I'm, I'm blown away by that. Uh, that post alone, like Jesus um it makes sense though it's like dude uh, there's my pose there's my location like yeah. what's up like you see me i'm here you can't <laughs> deny me anymore oh man um the power of social media yeah wow yeah and i remember like i had you know i have some friends that we we knew about each other and like our, our status and things like that and i remember them posting about about that too like right pretty much right after because uh we, like i said we were so ambiguous we don't know what the hell was going on that yeah. we're just kind of like i I guess this works, and so, yeah. So the executive order goes through, mm-hmm. and you're officially here. It it's it's funny to funny in the way of like how it works. Yeah, you're kind of in a situation where you're here. Yeah, just not. It's no, really, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, when when I when I explain to people, like how I'm here or like the kind of status that I'm under, it, there's always a lot of questions. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. well, can you back home? Can you go back home? And I always joke about it. I'm like, yeah, I can go back home. I can go back home. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I just can't come come back. <laughs> that's that's a catch, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's weird because you know, like I'm able to work legally i'm able to have a driver's license a social security number uh, i'm able to do a lot of things that anybody that was born here essentially is able to do 
but there's a lot of restrictions that come with that, you know, so I can't go back home. I can't travel internationally. And so, you know, we talked about it earlier when you yeah. mentioned your, uh, your bachelor party. Yeah. And like, I mentioned Mexico and I pressed that on you. Yeah. I remember going like Eddie, like you have to be there. You have to go. I want you there. Like, it's important that you're there. And, and I remember pressing that. And I remember, I think we had a, like in, we were actually, we were at my apartment the night that you crashed into the screen. <laughs> And then you crashed into the screen door. It was, it was those triple IPs, dude. <laughs> and um, I remember we were talking about at the time about yeah. a bachelor party and stuff yeah. like that, right? And I remember one of the one of the things that thrown around was New Orleans, uh, but the other one was uh, going to Mexico. And I'm like, fuck, I'd really like to go to Mexico. Yeah. That'd be sick for us. Go, go all of us to go back to Mexico. We had all those Mexican nights where yeah. uh, you, Luis, myself, uh, Hector uh, would all would all go out or whatever, and. I'm like, dude, Mexican. Makes it's, sense. It's like know, a Mexican yeah. night in Mexico. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I remember pushing that. I remember, like, it was after everyone had left uh, that night, you had sent me a text message. Uh-huh. Like, I can't go because if I go, I can't come back. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. But, um, at the time that, that before you had applied for DACA before you kind of gained that status of like, I can't, you know, I, I can stay. Yeah. I just can't go before that time. Uh, was there any fear? Did you live in fear of deportation? Was there any kind of like, uh, was there any kind of like, don't go out much, don't do this or don't do that or just be careful. Like, um, not, not really, to be honest. I, I don't remember like being so fearful of things of like, Oh, like, you know, ICE is gonna come and deport me if I do something. Like, I had other fears, like, uh, like not being able to drive with your driver's license. You know, and like, yeah, I mean, you you need the transportation to go places, to go to work, and things like that. Go to school. Um. So, you know, you have that fear of like, well, should I have to stay in like speed limit and like be, you know, be diligent while driving because I don't want to get pulled over. And for us, like at the time, if you don't, if you don't, dri- if you drive without a license, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, consequences to that. I mean, um, you, you obviously get a ticket and, and you get into some like legal issues, but then you get into the problems of like, you get your car taken away, for example. Right. And so um, I feel like if that would have happened to me, although it would have been an inconvenience, I would have been able to get through it and you'd be like, well, my dad's going to help me get it out. Um, like it actually happened to my sister, but then I think of other families, maybe the other people that were really poor, that were really trying to get to work and they happen to just get pulled over or they happen to be part of a, uh, a checkpoint or something like that. And they're trying to work to get money to support their family. And all of a sudden their car gets taken away. And now that's a huge step back for them, you know, and now they have to pay thousands of dollars to, not only pay the you know ticket that they got or whatever uh but not to try to get this car out of impound you know and 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 it's not easy when when that happens to you because i saw my dad go through it with my sister mm. it's not a, it's not a like one straightforward thing of i'll oh, just go pay this person you know now you have to go get that ticket fixed now you have to you have to do so many things before you get to the car side of it that by the time you get to it well it's been here for five days sir so now it's this many like thousands of dollars you know and i remember my dad being stressed about that so badly he had to take money cash out of a credit card you know how bad that is 
And so, and even then, we were a little bit privileged because my dad was in an okay spot back then. But again, I keep thinking of like those families uh, maybe are really poor. I can't afford that. Maybe people that are not able to take their cars outside anymore, you know, and not, not being able to get it back. And so, obviously, you live with those those fears naturally when when I'm driving to school, when I'm driving to work, like normal things. I'm not even trying to do anything stupid, you know. Yeah. Um, I, but I never, I never, never lived around with the fear of like being deported so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that um, that if I got into any trouble, that maybe that could lead into something different, you know, but. I feel like I use that as my filter when I would m- take decisions. Be like, well, is this good for me or is this going to be bad? You know? Wow. Um, so a lot of things I had to like skip on or be like, oh, I'd rather not. Or, you know, um, not being able to do things just because you just want to be careful yeah. in general. It's, it's, a, it's stories that like that that really bring to light the privilege that um, a lot of Mexicans born in this country like myself kind of don't think about take for granted do whatever the fuck and you yeah. know whatever like i i texted you last night I, I got pulled over uh right in front of my house right here and uh i was uh, it was 65 on a school zone and uh i was just going 65 like yeah. I, I i didn't know like i was just uh, flooring it and i uh, got pulled over it wasn't in front of a school i want to just kind of throw that out there yeah but it this is there's like three schools in this area right now it's a school zone and um yeah i got pulled over right in front of here but there was no like uh there was well that night i i got my ass beat like that's just kind of how that went um uh, um but yeah there's no there was never any thought of like don't do this because you won't be here there was just kind of like i'll just pay the consequences and here i am like you know so it's it's crazy uh one of the things that you um one of the things I think that pushed this this meeting uh, of of us coming together to talk about this was uh, your post uh, a while back on Facebook where um, you kind of just said you know just uh, on the topic of DACA let me fact check some of the things for you all and and one of them was uh, welfare food stamps uh, TNF etc those things you are not allowed to apply apply for is there almost a uh, for a lot of people coming here a lot of times it's it's you know, no money, no resources, yeah. no, no, no uh, education of the system here and stuff like that. Um, is do you see it as almost a way to fail where they're not allowed, where people um, like yourself and others are not allowed to apply for some of these things that are helpful? I think a lot of times there's a negative connotation behind welfare and food stamps and yeah. so on. But they are, in a sense, some they can be helpful and they, yeah. they can help people uh, overcome certain obstacles and and, and come out of that. So yeah. For some people, not everyone, not everyone is as lucky. Yeah. Uh, but do you think it's almost set up in a way for 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 people not to succeed? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's weird because there's definitely um, resources for you know undocumented families. Um, for some of these things, right? So, um, although we might not be able to get uh, welfare or um, I can think of the other thing, with there, there's there's other there might be other avenues of support. So, for example, like with food stamps, there's there's a program that can give food stamps to uh, undocumented people. Um, 
But to your point, it has almost like a like a start, you know, in the corner because um, although there might be programs or resources that can help that can help you, you always hear this like um, taboo of like, well, you shouldn't do it. You should you should you shouldn't really be taking advantage of those things because yeah. if something happens or if you know if tomorrow Trump decides to sign an executive order to give everyone papers. If they see that you use those things, you're not, they're yeah. not going to do anything for you. Right. And so, um, I think part of it, it's, you know, the, just the fear that people have built into being part of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the limitations that they just get put into, I guess. Um, so it, it feels almost as it, as if it's sometimes built to, to not help some people um and you he- and you hear that in a lot of arguments sometimes it's like well they're taking all the resources you yeah. know the resources yeah. but it's like not actually not really like yeah you know there's things there's things uh there's things that if anything they should be getting more you know like mm-hmm. uh, um and when i say they i'm referring to people that don't have anything don't have that kind don't kind of apply for any of that because uh as uh as an undocumented person um we pay taxes like we pay taxes for every, all the work that we do we pay taxes for all that stuff that we don't see back so someone that has no social security wow. someone that has no daca nothing they paid into all those programs from their paychecks that they don't ever see back again all right so all that money is just out there for someone else and so when people come with the argument of like they're taking things they're taking things away from other people it's a lie if anything they're leaving things that technically belong to them that they work for that they can't even take advantage of for that reason. Alrighty, let me talk to you about this. Um, I want to get your honest opinion about where I currently find myself. Um, let me read something from your post. Dreamers cannot vote. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote in our last election. Okay. I didn't vote in our last election. It was um, Donald Trump. And it was Hillary Clinton. Yeah. There's an election coming up soon. Donald Trump and what appears to be Joe Biden. Yeah. I didn't vote in our last election. I didn't. Let me tell you. Um. I think I remember voting for, I think the first time I was able to vote was George, George Bush and John Kerry. I think that was the first time I was able to vote. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, hey, Bush, uh, given her current president, my bad. Um, you weren't that bad. No, um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, that was the first time I think I was able to vote. Okay. And I think I voted that time just because I was able to vote. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to vote. I'm, I'm, yeah, whatever. And um, I voted that time unsure why. And I, I got to be up front. I'm not the most political person. I, 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 I could rifle you off any stats. I could rifle you off any stats about the UFC, and I could talk about it all day long. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm, I don't know a lot about politics. Yeah. So, after that election, I voted for Obama. 
I think that's the next one, right? Yeah. I think it is. I was inspired to vote. I I was motivated to vote. And I voted. And 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 the guy I voted for became president, the first African American president in United States history. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first time I voted. And then I voted for his reelection. Again, motivated again by Obama and what he did. Yeah. I didn't vote when it was Trump Hillary. I wasn't motivated. I wasn't voting for Trump. And I don't know if you've seen my uh, Facebook post and how, uh, fuck, I don't even keep tabs on my own Facebook post. But, <laughs> but it's like, oh, yeah, I have all your Facebook posts by memory. Um, Let me spill it up real quick. I have them <laughs> sorted by date. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they, by month, they, it's like um, LeBron folder and. Uh, um, oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, so LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, uh, so what was I saying? Uh, so um, I wasn't voting for. What was I just saying? I wasn't voting for Trump. We'll start there. Um, you talked about a post on Facebook. Yeah, right? a post on Facebook, uh-huh. and. Um, Basically, I was like, I'm not voting. Uh, I, I I need to be, I need to, I feel like I need to be compelled to vote. I feel like I need to be motivated to vote. I feel like I need something to vote other than like what the political circumstances are. Uh, I've also posted on Facebook saying, I feel like it's the same gang. I mm. feel like Republicans and Democrats are part of the same thing. It's your turn to be president. I've, I I don't know if it's that. I, I can't prove that. But for me, like, I feel a lot of the times, here's how I feel. I, and I, I and sorry to take this the political route because, again, not political myself, but. No, tell me. I want to know. But I feel like Democrats do the following thing. They pander to uh, African-Americans and they pander to Latinos. It doesn't matter what Latino you are or Hispanic or whatever. Yeah. I feel like Democrats do the following. I feel like they go like, vote for us or you're getting deported. I feel like that's what it is. I feel like a lot of the times our people will vote Democratic automatically. Yeah. Automatically. If you look, if you look at my voting record, I voted Democratic automatically saying that I'm not political. I don't know politics. And here I am voting Democratic. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Republicans, for the most part, have catered to the wealthy. Yeah. I feel like Donald Trump catered to the silent majority in this country, the poor white people in the middle of the country that are overlooked. When he went to them and said, I will do this for you. I will do that for you. I will build this wall. I will do this. I will do that. All these promises that he hasn't kept, all this turmoil that he's created i feel like he catered he pandered well he, he knew that there was a, a market for yeah for exactly for those people that have virtually been ignored i guess for so long right so i i'm not i am not down with a lot of what he represents yeah i'm not down for a lot of that um 
Is everything he's done as a president bad? I don't, I don't think so. Is everyone that's a, that voted for him racist? I don't think so. I think there's people with genuine concerns, but those genuine concerns to me, um, uh, hopefully will soon, I will soon be able to uh, interview someone who's a Trump supporter. And I wanted, and I posted that also on Facebook. I posted it on Facebook going, talk to me privately because I want to um, uh, talk to me privately because I want to um, talk to you without any interference, without being attacked, without mm-hmm. having other people jump in and calling you names and stuff. I just want to know why yeah. you voted for him the first time and why you're going to vote for him the second time. Because the first time I get it, the first time I get it, the first time I, I, I could understand why you have certain reasons as to why you're going to vote for him. I get it the first time around. After everything he's done and said, that's still your boy? That's still who you're backing? I just want to ask those questions. Yeah. And I want to know why. Yeah. And I want to know why without calling that person <clears throat> a racist, without calling that person anything, making them feel comfortable. I just want to know why. Because at the end of the day, I can't, I can't, I don't have a rebuttal against them other than like, really, dude? Like he said this, this and that. You're still voting for him, right? I couldn't vote for Hillary. I wasn't compelled to. Yeah. I wasn't compelled to. There was nothing that told me vote for her. The, the... Trump's re-election, no, not Trump's son, Obama's re-election. I drove from San Jose. I came here to vote here in Salinas. Yeah. And I went back to San Jose. I think I went back to work. I think I, I came here, voted, and went and back to San Jose and worked. So I, I traveled 60 miles south for an hour, voted, got back in my truck, and went back to San Jose. And then went to work. Um, I was compelled to do that. Now, I, I probably could have voted in, in this last election up in San Jose. You know, got in a, like one of those um, a ballots that, that doesn't kind of deal with local po- politics and elections and yeah. stuff like that. I could have probably done that. I wasn't compelled to. But I I saw your post and your post said... Uh, that dreamers cannot vote. No. With everything I said, as far as not compelled the first time to vote and don't want to vote this time. My question is, should I, 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 I talk to me? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm you, just trying to listen to what you're saying, dude. You can't vote. I can't. No. And here I am telling you I can and will you're not. You're not going to. Yeah. Or, or didn't last or time. Or didn't last yeah. time. And, and, and feel like I shouldn't this time. Yeah. Here's the other problem, too. My other problem is anyone but Trump. <laughs> That's my other problem. Because well, <laughs> it almost feels like it doesn't matter what the next guy is, <laughs> so long as he's not Trump. Yeah. I don't like that either. Except Kanye. Don't, don't vote for Kanye. Hashtag uh, Yeezys. This... Does he promise a Yeezy in everyone's uh, in everyone's feet? I don't know. You know how like uh, JFK had? Oh, who was it? I promise a, a chicken in every or something. Well, someone said that. Anyways, Yeezys uh, for everyone. Everyone Yeezys. gets Yeezys. I'm voting. Um, uh, no, so I don't want to do that either. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's turning. Well, l- let me start by asking you. Okay. Well, you you said that you felt compelled and like 
um, you know, um, I forgot the other word, but you, you felt compelled to vote for Obama yes. when that happened. Like, aside from from Obama being black, mm-hmm. what what made you want to vote for him? What what motivated you to be like, yeah, I'm gonna vote for this guy? Okay, so being black, being so also being a minority, yeah, and me being a minority. So aside from that, aside from that, because I because I, I think I, I I think to be to be fair, I think a lot of people voted for him because of that. Yeah, yeah it's like sure. cool, like absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I mean, not only was he like presidential, he knew how to speak. He uh, he spoke to a lot of people, you know, spiritually, I guess. And we wanted to see a difference mm-hmm. in in who was going to be our president, right? So cool. Black first mm. black president in history, cool. Yeah. But but what made you vote for him? Aside from that, if you can't tell me, if you can't tell me, it's fine. Completely understandable. Yeah, that had a, a lot to do with it. I think it had a lot to do with me voting for him. But yeah. if, anything aside from that, it's some of the things he talked about, some of the changes he wanted to make, some of the the promises that he said he would deliver on. Yeah. To me, it, it, it I'd have to go back and, and, and we'd have to play his speeches. Yeah, I mean it's been a long time. But a lot of a lot of the way he just talked yeah. and just said things, I'm just like, Yeah, let's do that. Like let's let's do that. And a lot of it had to do with that. One of my cousins actually said if let me ask you this: If if the if the if if it was a Republican Latino, would you vote for him? And I was like, ah, I don't know. He goes, Yeah, you would. And I'm like, I don't know. And I I that was an interesting question at the time. I kind of blew it off, but now thinking about it, I don't know. But I was motivated by what, by what he said. Some of the changes he wanted to make. Some of the I think I was just tired of just having. President after president, come on, or candidate after candidate that became president, come on and talk about these changes and we need change and we need this and 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 and, and I spoke to Juana Hernandez and blah 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 and and I'm looking after her and all this other stuff and and I spoke to so and so in this in this uh, urban neighborhood and I was just like when Obama came on I'm like dude. I'm motivated to do this. Like, let's do this. This is change. I I got emotional at the at the voting booth when I was voting for him the first time. Yeah. I got really emotional. Yeah. I I, I mean I, I don't know. I think to your point, um you know, it it was something different. Mm-hmm. Like if I if if I was able to vote, I, I would have obviously voted for Obama at the time too, but uh, the reason why I challenge you a little bit to be like, well, any outside of his race, yeah, anything else, right? Because mm-hmm. when you when you talk about, well, I, I didn't want to vote for Trump, I also didn't want to vote for uh, Hillary. Well, is is was there anything in their, I don't know, in in the things that they talked about that maybe was similar to Obama, and I think so, mm-hmm. more specifically with Hillary, right? Okay, like. I mean the things in in the in some of the things uh that align in certain beliefs or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously, you can logically you can say that Hillary and Obama probably had more similar views than Obama and Trump for just, sure, just naturally, right? Hundred percent. And so, what what make people not want to vote 
this round and even last time it's kind of like well is, is it because of, of just the race of a person and I, and I think that i think that it's one important because we need to have more representation in general yeah i mean to think that obama is literally the only minority resident of color For, that we've yeah. had in the whole history of the yeah. united states is crazy you know and to think that again we're gonna have two white people again running for president right aside from aside from kanye um it's it's crazy but um i don't know i feel like uh, like you brought a, a good point earlier of like well like latinos only vote for democrat um and the majority yes you know yeah. the, the majority of latinos do tend to go for that side um but i i think the problem is more more surface uh, sorry it's, it's less surface surface level i think it's more of an underlying problem with the way our politics are set up yeah we have to pick between two parties yeah we have to pick between republican and democrat and that's a bigger problem than just having two white candidates or yeah. you know whatever that might be uh, because it's it's really coning people down to one thing well, what do you want between these two people, you know? Yeah. And although we see we see candidates from other parties running an independent party or whatever, they never they never get taken seriously yeah. because it's always it always comes down to these two parties that I think that's uh, honestly a bigger problem because I can I'm, I'm like I'm not a I'm not also an expert in politics or anything like that, but um, like I'm, I'm sure there's other parties that have maybe brought up more valid points that maybe speak to us more directly that we can probably align with better and 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 um and believe the things that they say more than just or Democrat and Republican. But we know that because not the the majority of people will not vote for that third party. Yeah, we're always gonna end up going for the one of the one of the bigger two. So to your point, I don't know if I can tell you. Well, we sh you should vote, right? I, yeah. I think I think that you should, mm -hmm. in general, because because you can. Uh, and to be honest, Jimmy, like that that issue with voting, uh, I've had that issue with some of my older friends, like okay. not caring. Uh, and not to say that you don't care, because I feel like at least you you put some thought into it. You like said this is why I don't want to vote. I have older friends that they're just like I don't. I don't follow politics, therefore I don't care. Therefore, there's, I vote, voting for me is not even a thought. You know, there's like zero reason as to why they they, they have it, no excuse. Exactly. At, at least anything, give me something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And so to me, that bothers me because I'm like, well, shit, dude, like you're literally missing a whole opportunity to be able to fix something, you know. And so I don't want to. I don't want to go with the side of like, well, what's the lesser of the two evils, you know? Um. But I feel like right, right now, as the way things are set up, sometimes you do have to go that way because we've seen what happened. We saw the last election. People were like, well, what's what's you know, what's what's the lesser of the two evils? And although people were saying like Hillary, clearly people, not everyone, that's yourself, mm. align with that idea of like, well, I don't want to vote for someone that's yeah. that's the lesser of the two evils, quote unquote. So yeah. I'd rather just not vote, and not open up the gates for uh, for for Trump, to be honest. Um, and I mean, although like you said earlier, he he did bring up good points for people to align with them in mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. political aspects, mm -hmm. you know, like economic and um, getting jobs back to America, whatever. 
Um, but at the end of the day, did he keep that promise? No. no. I mean, we on a lot of fronts. Fuck, we fucking we yeah. see what's happening right now. Yeah. And so, um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for you. I think mm. that, um, I think that when I when I when I talk for for me, yeah, with the very biased filter, mm. I will say you should vote, mm-hmm. and you should vote for the lesser evil. Because a lesser evil would probably be less evil to me, selfishly, selfishly, yeah, than 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 what Trump would do. Okay, um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what you choose to do, how you choose to educate yourself. You know those things. No, thank you for that. Uh, that is something that I think I've I've wrestled with uh, since the last election. It's something that I'm wrestling now. With, with with the current election and just seeing your post i was like fuck like am i just being ungrateful going like oh, i'm not voting and i like, just like you know it's like but yeah. but as you mentioned I, I i do have my reasons that why i'm not and and i as much as i think they're valid i think that um when i saw your post i'm like damn like like am i taking that for granted like is that something that I thought about you in that yeah. moment. And I'm like, if I told him, Eddie, I didn't vote the last time. And yeah. I'm not voting this time. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, that's something that I thought about. Yeah. And I think the reason why it feels um, uh, powerless, I guess, for me, is because it's like people like me sometimes depend on the decisions that other people take. Clearly. Yeah. You know, clearly. And that's the thing, too. It's like you're um, just kind of like. So, yeah. So when I, when I talk to my other friends about this topic and it's uh, like, you know, like I'm not even registered to vote. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Vote for me. Last yeah. time I told him that. Go and wow. vote for me. Okay. Go and and think of me as when you're when you're voting, you know? It still it still didn't do anything for them. They still yeah. didn't go and vote. Um and uh, you know, I have other friends in the same boat as I am. And for them it worked. For their family members, to their friends, and say, like, hey, like, vote for me. You're voting for me. Think of me, think of think of me for this vote. Okay. Um and that that's why it feels powerless for me because it's like well we depend on people like you to be able to at least have a, a, a little uh, even a little a little bit better of a chance to have things that are going to be better for i guess me and my community you know mm-hmm. and so when when i hear people not voting or when i hear people just like voting for like a random third party that we know it's not does not stand a chance whatsoever mm. uh it feels a little upsetting because it's like well i guess fuck me you know like i guess you i guess you don't care but like like i also have to think of it as your point well like is this your vote and you're like as you, you if you're saying you'd rather not vote then i have to trust that you've done all the research as far as you can do to to take that educated choice to be like i i just rather not like i feel like it doesn't benefit anybody anybody from this right um but like i said i will tell you yes mm. <laughs> you should vote <laughs> like i will tell anybody to be honest right <laughs> and that's what i i think last time around part of it was i'm like i don't want to drive back and all this other stuff and and this time around i'm like i i feel like this time around there's a more compelling compelling argument yeah. for me to to yeah. to voice my opinion and it's it's yeah. um 
it's one of the questions that I definitely wanted to make a thing to ask yeah. and, and bring up the topic of, of voting because I noticed that on your post. Um, uh, let me take uh, things back just a little bit uh, to um, as far as being here in the States. Um, was there a grand plan to stay behind? Was it to send money back? Uh, was there a time where you guys would figure out a way to unite each other back in the States? And I ask this, uh, was there ever a plan to return back? Um, yeah, those are really good questions. I feel like initially, no. I feel like initially it was like, we're here to stay. And we're here to, you know, proceed with our lives and go to school, get a job or whatever. Um, because that was the reason why we all came. At least that's what I'm assuming from my parents' decision. Um, I feel like l that developed later when my mom chose uh, to move back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, in which that was clearly the one option that we had is like well, we're going to support our family by sending money back to mexico with with them um but initially when we moved over here now that i don't think that that was really an option because for one we were all here already and there was nobody we had nobody back home i mean my mom had her family um her siblings and everything but um we were thinking immediate family first before thinking, you know, uh, extended family. Um, so I don't think that at first it was like a, this like grand plan of like, this is what we're going to do. This is how long we're going to stay. And then this, we're going to save this much money and then go back. I don't think that there was really ever an option. Mm -hmm. When I look back at the event, at the chain of events that happened leading to my mom going back because my mom and my sister going back, that just happened out of, events that led to that it, it wasn't planned to be like mm -hmm. cool we're going back in 10 years or five or whatever and then we'll figure it out from we'll figure something out from that um it just happened is there um is there a difference with daca under obama than under trump and i asked that in 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 the way of um Regardless of what their antics are with the press, like, is there anything legally different about DAC under Trump or Obama, or has it stayed the same? Technically, it has stayed the same. The mm. program itself mm. has stayed the same. There has been no changes to how you apply, how long you can have the permit for, how... Um, like operationally, operationally speaking, no. Mm. There's been changes, though, however, to some of the opportunities that we had. So uh, I don't know if you've heard of um, um, advanced parole. Mm -hmm. uh, but advanced parole, yeah. to explain, uh, was a, an opportunity for people under DACA, uh, DACA to be able to travel internationally wherever they wanted to for three reasons. For uh, school-related work-related or family emergency. Uh, obviously, there was it's, it's a big process to get to that point, but if, if you go, for example, if you're in school 
and you you have to take an international class for whatever reason, right? Yeah. Um, back then, before Trump, uh, DACA would give you the option to apply additionally to advanced parole, which means that you have to apply for that again, pay another fee for that specific program. Um, and then if you get approved, then you get a certain amount of time that you can travel and then come back legally to the United States. Um, same thing with work. If for whatever reason work had to send you overseas, then you would have to apply for that program, go through the same thing. If you get approved, cool. And if you had a family emergency, so if, if my mom was living over there and God you know, forbid that she was she's, she's, you know, in, in an emergency or something, uh, I could apply for that to go see her and take care of her for a certain amount of time. That is no longer a thing. Uh, that was one of the first things that uh, Trump got rid of um, mm. when he became president, uh, as he was trying to just rescind the whole program in general. Uh, so they stopped advanced parole. So I was actually trying to go back to Mexico uh, for work because I could potentially have an opportunity I rem- under I was, that program. So, I was with you yeah. around that time. Yeah, I talked. Um, I talked about it with you when when we both thought about going over there. Yeah. Um, and. Unfortunately, that, that, that's not a thing anymore. So uh, what that allowed for people to do, uh, it's to have a legal entry to the United States, which essentially could make it easier to get something like a green card. So, for example, if I were to marry someone that's a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. and they choose to uh, sponsor me to become a resident or in a, in a citizen in the future, me not having a legal entry to the United States makes my process longer. And if I were to go back, if I, if I were to partake in the, in the advanced parole, because I already have a legal entry, it would make the process a little bit easier. Um, so a lot of people took advantage of that because work gave them the option to, and they had the advantage to do so also with, with, with school. Uh, and unfortunately some people had to, um, you know, do advanced parole because of a family emergency. Um, But it had some benefits to it behind it. And uh, we no longer have that as of now. So technically, yeah, there's been some changes. But as far as the program itself, no, it's still Mm. the same. It's still a two-year work permit. Uh, It's still the same process as far as the DACA program itself. You mentioned DACA is not free. You have to reapply for renewal every two years and qualify. Correct. Yeah. So I have a lot of I have a lot of questions. <laughs> DACA is not free. Uh, expensive. You don't have to disclose the amount, but just expensive, or is it a good uh, chunk of change? It, it's well, it's it's about let's just say five hundred dollars. I think okay. I can't remember the exact same amount. I think it's like four ninety five at this point. Mm. So yeah, five hundred dollars every two years, and you have to reapply every two years. Correct. When so, was your last re? Uh, if you can disclose that, when was your last re? Twenty eighteen. So um, uh, right now I'm actually due. in the process of reapplying. Okay. Yeah. Does any of this get old? I mean, like, fuck, dude. Every two dude. years, there are things, Eddie, that I I I don't remember to do every day. Yeah. And and. Every two years, you have to reapply. Yeah. Does any of that get old? Uh, I mean, get old I mean, in the sense. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> probably the answer is no, and yes, no, it doesn't because I'm here. Exactly. And, and yes, it does because it's every two years. Yeah. But like, 
it, it, it's, it, it seems like this ongoing game of every two years, uh, they sound the horn and it's time to apply. I will tell you why it's a yes and a no. Mm-hmm. It's a no to your point because I'm like, well, fuck, I need this to be able to work and, yeah. you know, do all the things that I pay my bills. Um, and, and also because it's, you know, I, I've told you in the past how open I've been about my experience and like mm-hmm. who I am and whatever, you know. But uh, there's still always like a taboo, like a little like asterisk at the end of my name uh, when I think of th- disclosing this to someone. So at work, mm. um, sometimes there's a different manager mm. for that's in charge of this every mm. so often. And I'm like, fuck, now I have to disclose it to <laughs> fucking someone brand new. Yeah. And they might just be like, well, well, what is that? You know, and so it feels weird disclosing it to someone for the first time. Which I guess that's why I chose to do it in a public setting before at work. That I was like, well, this is who I am. Fuck it. Yeah. Whether you understand or not, you know? And so it gets all that way because it's like, well, here I go. Because now I have, now I'm getting emails at work telling me, hey, your permit's about to expire. Make sure that you renew it, blah, 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 by this time. And if it's a brand new manager, I have to explain to the manager again what this is in hopes that they, they already know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, this past, you know, two years, I've had really good managers i understand and like they're they're totally on board with me but yeah it, it does get old a little bit and you know and I, I don't think people understand that part of it that it's like we have to on top of all the things that we have going on we have to save up to renew for this thing every two years and it's a process every time i mean luckily at work i get some really good resources that help me do these right. things um but it might not be as easy for other people, you yeah. know, and, uh, but, I, but we need it and it's a good, you know, it's a good thing that we have it for now, but I, yeah. One of the things, um, on here that, um, when, when I think the overall general public hears DACA dreamers and stuff like that, they think Latino, they think Mexican, they think oh, yeah. that 800,000 students and workers would be affected by the program, doctors, vets, nurses. It, 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 it to me, when Trump says, uh, uh, when Trump says things like, um, you know, all that's coming to this country are rapists and murderers and stuff like that. And bad hombres. And bad hombres. He was talking about me. <laughs> I'm here on bad hombre. Uh, <laughs> no, um, when he's talking about when he's talking about these things and 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 you see on here 800,000 students and workers people seeking education people working in such fields as doctors uh, vets nurses like to me it seems like there should be a process in place right where like you see these people that are going to school that uh, dude did you go to school you got you have a degree dude you're in I want you. You're educated. You did this. And not everyone has that opportunity, obviously. But, dude, have you been working here for 10 years, paying your taxes? As you were mentioning out here, dreamers pay taxes. You're in. You're paying taxes. You're helping this economy. Yeah. You're helping it move yeah. forward. It's To me, that is why when I see, when, when, when I want to talk to a Trump supporter, I go, like, these people are paying taxes. These people are educated these people are doctors or nurses they're 
They're, they're, they're working in some of our greatest companies that keep this economy going forward. Yeah. Like what, what's the problem with that? Like I, I really, I truly wish there was a way, um, there is a documentary I saw. This guy went to San Jose State um, to speak. Uh, it was an Asian dude, um, Filipino, I think. Uh, um, Juan Antonio Vargas, I think. And and he went he went there, and he talked, and we went, and I remember the the um what was that where the, the like the tower with the bell, what's it called? Um, anyways, he went there and, and did a speech, and I went there and, and yeah. attended, and and he did a presentation. He did a presentation on his um uh he did a presentation on his um on his story mm-hmm. you know and documented he actually had uh for the longest time had been uh, uh he was he was a DACA recipient and he didn't know that not not until he went I think to apply for like a driver's license or something like that yeah. he didn't know that he was not here legally like yeah. he he thought this is where this is where I'm at this entire time. And you, you have guys like that asking, like, what is the process? Where is the line? Where do we form to get in here to get a path to stay here legally? Yeah. Yeah. Citizenship. Uh, it was a really uh, intriguing documentary. It was uh, it was nice. It was it was um, it was nice to be there and see that play out. Um, it was also kind of just like there's a lot of like just presence there, like making sure he had to have presence there because he didn't know whether someone would come and approach yeah. him and say, hey, dude, you got to get out. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was crazy. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of that, and I'm just like, why why isn't there a, a way? Like, I don't think anyone is solving that. I I really don't. I I think that, and that's part of my reason to be compelled to vote. Why can't we just solve shit just for the fact of solving things, right? Like, yeah, why yeah. does it, it seems like this game? It just seems like oh, it's a Democrat in office. Whoa, it's a Republican. This so they're not allowing him. It's a Republican in office. Well, it's a Democrat. This, they're not like, and I'm just like, dude. There's so many people out there that need, that that should be here. And I'm not saying there's anyone that shouldn't be here, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people like yourself, that are educated, that are working, that are that are, that are, a part of a part of uh, Americana as as we see it. And, yeah. and, and and yet here we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean. You're right. Um, there's no solution to to any of this, and um, I don't think that a lot of people know even that um, you know DACA plays to so many so many people. And you're right. A lot of people just think it's only you know, it's only for Mexicans. It's only for Mexicans. And no, this this applies to literally so many people. I mean, I'm no, I, I I know so many people in other races that they're under DACA, um, and. Uh, you know they're able to disclose it to me because of my comfort level with with the topic. Yeah. Uh, that to be to be quite honest, so it was even um, shocking for me to find out. I'm like, oh shit, like cool, like I didn't know, or I I would never have thought so within my own bias. I'm yeah. always I'm, I'm also like, oh shit, like I I would have no idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether as to someone else seeing someone that's Mexican, they might be less surprised to find out that there's a DACA recipient. Um, but you're right. There's also no, um, no solution, no, no roadmap to, uh, anything else than DACA, you know? And, uh, I, that's actually one of the questions that a lot of people ask me when, when I tell them my story and when I tell them like how this things work. And that's always the one question that they ask me, well, like, how come you're just not a citizen? 
how come you didn't just apply for that? Like, if I can just go to the to the to the supermarket and apply and be like, "Cool, yeah, I should be a citizen in two weeks." You there's know, like store, it's not. It's there's a, a store here in town. I'll take you later. Yeah, we'll can, can you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do they give me a new driver's license with a different name? Um, but it's not. It's not simple. And like it, it's a whole process that the the, the government has chosen to at, at this point to just oversee and uh, to want nothing to do with it. I mean, Trump wants to get rid of it completely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just came out like two days ago saying that he's going to announce some immigration policies that are going to include DACA recipients and they're su it's supposed to like be big or whatever. Let me uh, play for you this clip since we're there. <laughs> people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. I'll leave that. I'll leave that there. Um, what um, when you hear something like that, and you being educated, you 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 having consistent employment, trying to make a difference. What you just said, like, how does that make you feel? Uh, I mean, initially, initially, it makes me feel angry, you know, because it's like. Because again, he is um, he is only looking at one mm -hmm. aspect of the problem. Yeah, there are undocumented people that commit crimes, but there's also U.S. citizens born and raised that commit crimes. I mean, when we look at you know or or school shootings, mm -hmm. and I don't want to bring. Uh, you know, I don't want to bring attention to it's a, a race problem. But when we look at those people, they, they're Caucasian men. Mm -hmm. They're not Mexicans. They're not Salvadorians. They're not whatever, you know, people from, from Southern America. But he's choosing to focus on one thing. And that's the rhetoric that he's choosing to talk to. And unfortunately, that's the, the, the rhetoric that his followers are choosing to go for. And so, of course, it makes me feel angry, but at the same time, I want to not—I want to try not to feel offended, mm. because I'm like, well, that doesn't—that doesn't apply to me. Mm. Like, I'm not a rapist. I, I don't have a criminal record. I don't have all these things. I, I'm not any of those things that he's saying. Uh, but I'm also in a small privilege. You know, uh, uh, I'm a little bit privileged because I just for the fact that I'm in DACA, just for that. But there's other people that don't have that and they have to live in fear. And this guy's out here calling them rapists and criminals and things like that. When they're just breaking their backs to work in the fields to to have a, a, a to be able to live, you know, somewhat comfortably. And so, of course, it makes me feel angry when he's just generalizing all these things that he knows his followers are going to fall for right away. And, of course, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, he's right. He's right. But it's like, you, no, you're not right. Because you're only talking about one aspect of the problem. He's not even acknowledging the fact that DACA, it's for everyone, whoever it is. Asians, black people, uh, and any race, anything, right? But he's, he is he is ignorant. He He's choosing to be ignorant because he knows that most of his followers, not everyone, mm. are ignorant and they don't know anything better than to listen to one side of the story. Yeah. 
July 10th, um, not too long ago, he was with Jose Diaz Albert on Telemundo. And yep. he said he wanted to create a path to citizenship for DACA. Now, I don't know if you read into that or you heard of that. I, I did. I actually have a, a, an article pulled up on my phone because I I, I figured that that one's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, like, I don't know. I have feelings. I have mixed feelings about this because mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a voting year. Mm-hmm. And we see this happening every time when when we have an election uh and he can't just be saying that just to just to trick voters into like oh cool if he's gonna do something then let's leave him in office you know but when we looked at his track record i mean he just tried to rescind daca with no other solution whatsoever what a month ago or maybe less yeah three weeks ago that, that's I what know. i that's what i found shocking was that yeah. like i'm like it wasn't not too long ago that he was looking at it, like getting rid of this, and now he's like, "Oh, uh, this will happen yeah. soon, folks." Like it's just like, what? Yeah, and, and and you know, I was talking about this with someone else before, and it's like, well, if he truly wants to make something that's gonna help people, and and more specifically, DACA recipients in this case, he can't just get rid of one thing without having something else already in place. If he wants people to truly believe what he's saying and what, what what he's proposing, he can't just be like, "Well, let's get rid of DACA first, and then we'll and then I have something for you." This like, is yeah, no, this that's is, bullshit. Like, yeah. well, tell me what you have first. Yeah, do it, and then let's talk about once that happens. Then sure, we don't need DACA for at least for for us right now, and for the people specifically on DACA. But you know, when it comes to an election year, I, I, like I looked at things with with. With a, a little bit of a, I guess, bigger filter. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm like, well, you're kind of just be bullshitting. Because you're trying to get votes. Which is what everyone's doing, really. Right. But it, like, the the part of me, it, I mean, mostly the part of me does, doesn't trust what he says at this point anymore. Because of the action that he's taken in the past. Mm-hmm. So he can be saying that today, but then in a week, his dementia is going to kick in again and be like, oh... <laughs> Well, I never said that, you know. Like you know, we're actually getting rid of it, and so I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't truly believe. And even if that does happen, even if he does something for for people that have DACA and he ends up doing something else, like there's still a bigger problem. There's still older people that don't qualify for DACA that that, yeah. that still have no protections whatsoever. That right. they're still breaking their backs working. And so obviously there, there's a bigger problem that needs to be addressed and needs to be resolved. Right. Um, uh, in, in kind of to, to wrap things up, um, I, I want to, I want to thank you for, for coming on. Um, um, I want to thank you for being vulnerable and, and sharing your story. Uh, it definitely is, um, uh, it's an emotional topic for me. Uh, it's it's one that um, uh, I feel needs it needs to be out there, and this is why we're doing this um, because some of the stuff you you even isn't that just that, that post you posted was stuff that I I didn't really know too much about. Um, I I didn't really want to do too much research either. Um, I wanted you on because 
I want the next stack of conversation to to continue, and and I want to be yeah. like, well, my friend said this, and blah 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 blah, and now you're saying this, and then the third conversation, I have more to go on. I can definitely go read all this and be like, oh, this is what it is, but yeah, yeah. but to have people on, to have their story shared, um, uh, to uh, as a Mexican myself, uh, uh, born in this country. It, it, it shows me how privileged I am. It shows me how lucky I am. Yeah. Um, recently, I've had a problem with, with two things recently. Um, I was called uh, privileged on Facebook. Huh? I was called privileged on Facebook. I was called lucky on Facebook. And I had a lot of problems with that. Yeah. I had a lot of problems with that because uh, one of them was... You know, the fact that I'm privileged enough to if one day I and we talked about this before the before we got started. Um, and I guess I got to I got to learn to hit record, <laughs> record be, <laughs> as soon as someone walks into the room. Uh, like I can get some help if if I were to look to 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 get my own place. You know, I can I can do that and I can I can get some help with that. And and I think I struggled with that a lot. I struggled with that. I struggled that because why I struggled with that because I was called privileged was because like my in-laws immigrants from Mexico came here with nothing, worked their asses off. Uh, my mom's story will come out soon uh, and illegal when she crossed. My dad came here at 16, would have worked day one, but the manager in the fields was not there. Yeah. Or the guy that hires or something. Yeah. Like and I'm like, how, how am I lucky? Like, where's my privilege? Yeah. But then I hear stories like this. And this is what I, this is what I want to do. I can talk about MMA all day long and this guy's better than that guy. And this is why I think we'll win. And this guy has superior striking or whatever the fuck. That does nothing for no one, really. Like, yeah. it's stuff like this that I hope pushes this podcast forward. And 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 at least if if it does a couple of things, it informs some, and it might change the mind of others. And and that's why I wanted you on, uh, because while we're we're both Mexicans, we both have a story to tell. I don't know yours. And I feel like I do now. I feel like um, I'm, I'm thankful for you for being on. Um, I was I was nervous about having you on. I wanted to be able to have you tell your story and paint the picture the way you wanted it to be painted. I hope I've done that. Um, I don't want this to be the last conversation about this. Yeah. Um, if, if it can't be in person, if I can't travel to you, you can't travel to me. If... Uh, I don't like the phone call or the fa the FaceTime or the Skype thing for these things because I feel like we get more emotion, we get yeah. more uh, into it while we're uh, sitting across from each other. Um, but um, I want to thank you for that. I I, I want to bring up uh, two things. One was I remember we were hanging out at a at one one of the places we worked at functions and 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 I had I had wanted to know your story a little bit and it's kind of the first time we hung out 
And and I remember that's when you told me you, you, you weren't from here. You were from Mexico. And I was uh, I was I was uh, uh, so floored by that. I was amazed by that. I was I was inspired by that. And I felt like I got to know you a little bit better. And the other time was uh, when we were thinking of planning a bachelor party for me. And 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 uh, I got to learn a little bit more about you then, too. And through the years, I've gotten to know you Um and it just sometimes I feel when I, I I think about you often, man. I do. Uh, I, I think about you often, and uh, how un, how maybe ungrateful I've been with my situation, and how lucky I've been. And and I remember a, a promise I made to you. Um, if I ever get to go to Mexico, I'd like to visit your family. Yeah, I'd like to visit your family. Um, with that, uh, thank you for being on. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for telling your story. Uh, this was Jimmy Podcast World with Eddie. And um, we will see you guys um, soon, hopefully, with episode three of Coming to America. Peace. Give me sports. Give me tacos. Give me the world. The Jimmy Podcast World. Special thanks to Adam Levine.